Hello, Colorado. This is John Baird and Philip Jordan with I Love Colorado Beer podcast. I Love Colorado Beer is your home for behind-the-scenes interviews and information from the wonderful world of craft breweries of Colorado, along with craft beer news, events, and festivals. And don't forget about I Love Colorado Beer's great beer gear, including t-shirts, sweatshirts with a koozie built right in, hats, and much more. Just go to ilovecoloradobeer.com. Today on our show, we have Michael Mimzik. He's the co-founder and CEO of Sanitas Brewing Company. And now, on to the interview. So we're here at Sanitas with Michael. Michael, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Michael Memsick. I am the CEO and co-founder of Sanitas Brewing Company. Uh, we're about a year and a half old here in Boulder, Colorado. And just kind of plugging away. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So when and how did the idea for Sanitas Brewing begin? So from my perspective, I'd say uh, I, was a, I went to CU here in Boulder and start homebrewing my sophomore year, junior year of college. And that was pretty much when I kind of got the, the fire for, for brewing and started telling friends, you know, someday I'm going to own a brewery. Um, beyond that, started working at Oscar Blues. Shortly after that, uh, that evolved into working at Boulder Beer. Spent nine years at Boulder Beer. And it was kind of always on the back burner for me. Beyond that, our other primary partner, my other primary partner, Chris, uh, who was a brewer at Boulder Beer with me as well, you know, he and I had had, it was one of the late nights, kind of the aha moment or what you will, when kind of for F this and we should start our own brewery. And um, I'd been working on a business plan already, and we seemed like great fit and great partners for each other and really started pumping and pushing uh, to start our brewery ourselves, and Sunitas didn't really come into a full full motion or full factor until Zach, our third partner, joined in, and um, Zach takes care of all of everything with our logo, everything with digital, everything with social, and runs most of our marketing, and really ha- kind of wanted to embrace the town, um, an ownership of Boulder, and, uh, you know, Giving paying our dues to Boulder is kind of part of the way the name for Sinus and then both the brewery kind of came about. So where did the idea for the owl come from? Great question. So the owl is kind of a two-part logo for us. The first part is the actual owl, the second part being the star. The owl is from the first collaboration brew that Chris and I ever did. So this is a beer, it's an imperial stout that we were brewing at Boulder Beer on the pilot system in 07, 08. And um, we're looking to name this beer. It's the middle of the night. We're at the we're in the brew house, and our conversation is stopped by a large owl that drops into the parking lot. And similar to watching a car accident, that becomes what you start talking about. <laughs> and so we decide we're going to name the beer after this owl. Well, we named it Blackhorn, and we thought it was a Blackhorn Owl. We didn't know what we were talking about. There's no such thing as a Blackhorn <laughs> Owl. But it, it became like our first collaborative thing together. Um, we didn't announce to Boulder Beer that we were leaving until pretty far into the business plan where we had signed a lease and we were moving forward here. And so we did a lot of work in the middle of the night. One of the two of us was usually there from 6 a.m. until 2 a.m. And so we would work off hours on this business plan. 
spent a lot of time at night, started having a lot of interactions with owls, and it just became kind of a, a trending theme. We decided to work with an owl, and then just through digging through Google and other images and things like that, we found the Athenian owl, traditional of Athens, Greece, and that's the owl that we've used. The second part of the logo is the Brewer's Star, the six-pointed Brewer's Star, malt, hops, bar, or malt, barley, hops, water, yeast, and then the brewer. And this was started year, being used throughout Europe when taxation started kind of getting out of control a little bit. And similar to the purity law, brewers would put this on the side of their brewery as a representation of using quality ingredients. We think this is a great tie-in to us. We use all organic malts here, and we really pay, spend a lot of time and pay a lot of attention to the ingredients that we're putting into our beers. Not that other people aren't also, but we're really trying to kind of almost take it to the next level. When we do specialty and one-off beers, we try and use local ingredients. We try to use organic ingredients to the best of our abilities. So we, we do put a lot of thought into these types of options and uh, materials. So that's why we wanted to kind of embrace the star. Well, that's interesting. I never heard of the Brewer's Star before. Have you, um, what were some other ideas rolling around? Can you recall any of the other names that you guys were thinking about? Mainly it was put last names on it. You know, so it was either, you know, really there, and then looking at like different mountains in the state of Colorado, um, whether it was going to be 14ers or a series of peaks or try and find like a range, whether it was 10 mile range or something like that. But it, it really was about names more than anything. And then Sinitas really became something that made the most sense to us. Very cool. So what were some of the challenges that you experienced uh, before opening this brewery? Everything. Everything. <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the biggest challenges for us um, was, was learning how to raise money. Um, you know, neither one or none of the three of us are independently wealthy. Um, we've been brewers for a long time, so we have no savings. Um, and so learning how to communicate with banks on a professional level, not a personal level, learning how to ask investors for money, not understanding what a VC group means and walking in there thinking like, I don't know, maybe they'll give us money. And then they throw numbers for like hundred of hundred million dollars around and you have no idea like even how to comprehend that. So I think that was one of the biggest learning curves for us um, early on. And then just trying to find the, the, the perfect location and the, the right space. And, you know, everything has to come together at, at once. And, um, there's just a ton of balancing and still working full-time jobs. So with the large cluster of breweries in the Boulder area, yeah. did you have any ideas on wanting to get out into other areas of the state? Or did you, were you focused on? No, we never considered it really. Um, Boulder's home. Uh, we knew that we wanted to be in Boulder. We have a big network here of, you know, friends, family, and supporters. Um, there's a great network of brewers here. We're able to, you know, what we talked about as we took a tour earlier, but we've bought equipment from other breweries. I'll name off a whole or, yeah, a lot of different breweries that, you know, we've been able to partner with and utilize and it, Going somewhere foreign to us and picking a different town, it just didn't make sense. Yep, sure. 
So now on uh, more specifically to you as a brewer yourself, would you briefly tell us about your professional baseball career in the Oakland A's? <laughs> so, um, yeah, oh, I don't have a professional baseball career. So the biggest thing, um, I've told this, and I think it's on our website, and I've told people, a lot of people this, of how you got into beer. And from the time I was about five or six years old, I wanted to play for the Oakland A's. And I was going to be a baseball player. I love baseball. Uh, last year was the first year that I didn't coach or play baseball since T-ball. So baseball has been a huge part of my life. Coached high school baseball for a bunch of years. Played all the way through high school. But as a kid, I was going to, I was going to play for the Oakland A's. And um, about 14 or 15 years old, a couple of injuries in, and I start to realize, like, maybe I'm not a professional baseball player in my future. <laughs> And that same type of passion, I didn't again feel until about halfway through college when I started homebrewing. And that same passion became, I'm going to own a brewery someday. I'm going to be a brewer. And much more obtainable um, than professional baseball. Um, <laughs> a lot more drive, a lot less God-given talent. And so it is, uh, it's a, it's a analogy that I still like to play with and, look back on because it is it's the same type of passion that i feel and have for this industry and, and what i get to do for a living sure uh would you tell me a little bit about how you started brewing in college that first system that you used and being a home brewer when yeah you started out? bought in um my roommate and i um went into the homebrew shop because we had just been given a kegerator and we needed parts for the kegerator and so the homebrew shop seemed like the best place to buy these parts. And um, we're in the shop, and John, and his last name I'm spacing right now, who owned What's Brewing here in Boulder. Um, we walk in, and he's like, this is great. I got here all the parts for you guys. Have you ever thought about brewing your own beer? And it's like, what do you mean brewing your own beer? <laughs> like, that's how is that an option? At the same time, I'm 19 years old, like, I'm very excited about beer, but I'm not, I'm not hip by any means. And he's like, yeah, it's really simple. This is an introductory kit. It's not that expensive. You can take this home and you can brew beer today. And our eyes light up and we buy the kit on the spot and start brewing that day. And where we were back in there every week buying more ingredients, more equipment, and just like, expanding on it as as quickly as possible and it was it was a bug it was an itch and we had to scratch it you know so there was a lot a lot of weird bad inconsistent strange beer that we were consuming were you starting on extract or was it started with extract, extract? nice yep. how long did it take you to before you decided that grain was the way to go if i could tell you honestly how long i would be lying to you <laughs> um pretty quickly because we were spending a lot of money on equipment. Do you remember the first beer that you ever brewed? I don't. That's a picture right there of me and my best friend Ty. That is the first beer that we ever brewed and that is the bottling of it and wow. I still have a bottle of that and if I recall correctly, I think we called it a red and I would say that it was an extremely aldehydic amber. If I had to describe it today. Was that what you intended? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I don't think I knew that word then. <laughs> <laughs> so 
what was the uh, growth of the operation since you since the first system that you used? You kept expanding as you went, and then you kind of expanded larger and larger. How did you get here from from that point? Well, as a home brewer, I compared to a lot of other people in our industry and a lot of other newer brewery owners, I have very little homebrew experience. Um, I was a pretty active home brewer for maybe three years. Um, and after about three, maybe four years in, uh, I was in the brew house at Boulder Beer as a full-time brewer. And then you have a 50-barrel brew house that you're working on, and they also had a 55-gallon pilot system that was just open to any one of their brewers to work with and play with. So why would I be brewing at home in shitty apartments all over Boulder when I can be brewing in an environment where I can just hose the floors down? So to be honest, like, I'm a horrible home brewer. Um, I really don't, and I don't know that game very well. This is, this is what I know. So which styles of beer are you guys most known for here at Sunitas? Great question. Um, we're shifting into IPAs, unfortunately, or fortunately. Um, with the black IPA and a regular IPA in cans now, um, we have a white IPA on right now, and our Bird of Prey, which is our double IPA, is also very popular. But our Saison is also a very important beer to us. It, um, it, it's one of the early Saisons in cans in the country, to the best of our knowledge. I'll never say it was the first. But it's not a popular style in cans, even today. You're seeing more and more of it. And we really, a lot of the saisons, which I think is really exciting, are really out there and really interesting. You can, it's a great, it's a great blueprint to play with, Britannomyces. It's a great blueprint to use spices, high ABV, low ABV. And a lot of breweries are spending more and more time experimenting with all these saisons. And we really wanted to kind of take it back from that and say, okay, let's, let's, let's back up here a couple hundred years and look at where saison started and what it means to be a saison. And let's start there. Let's put that in a can and then we can move forward from there. So I really do hope that part of our reputation is built on, um, saison, um, black IPA being something within the IPA category but showing creativity and a willingness to brew um, a little bit more challenging of styles that um, you're not necessarily expecting. And I hope that continues to be um, regular for us and part of our reputation. So what was the uh, beer that surprised you guys the most? As far as maybe sales, flavor, difficulty to brew? Sales, flavor, difficulty to brew. One, all of the above. I think, you know, we knew that we started with the, the Saison and the Black IPA out of the gate. And we added um, our IPA shortly after our one-year anniversary. And in conversations, you know, it's, it's known to most brewers that IPA is the number one craft beer in the country. And IPAs sell. I just had, I guess I didn't really know that as soon as we put it in cans it would immediately become our number one beer. Um, I think it took it like two or three weeks before it was the number one beer we, we sold here. So from a sales perspective, that kind of surprised me. We're not seeing quite that same growth out of IPA. We're seeing a growth out of all three brands, a lot more consistency with Saison just behind the IPA, which 
makes me happy um, because I think it's a much more distinguishable and memorable style as a new brewer. Um, so that it makes it easier to stand on the shelf later on. In terms of difficulty, I think there's challenges with our system. There's challenges with any system. Our system tends not to like super hoppy beers. And so we've had to get really creative on how to handle the beer once the hops are in. And so that we have to put effort into. But these seem like regular challenges, not extraordinary challenges. Sure. So what's the, can you tell us more about the sizes of your operation? Absolutely. So we have a 15-barrel brew house. Uh, it knocks 20 if we push it, um, which is great for us. We have two 15s and two 60s today. We also house one 15 owned by Bootstrap Brewing Company that we have uh, an alt prop with. And then we have three 60s that will be here in two weeks. And then two additional 60-barrel fermenters that will follow those later in the fall or early winter. Um, we have two bright tanks, one that's about 27-barrel Jimmy Riggs cider tank that we bought used out of the gate, and a newer 60-barrel bright tank that came online about three or four weeks ago. That's really going to expand your operation then. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. So would you tell me a little bit about your tap room? Yes. So our tap room is... Um, Today, kind of our bread and butter. Um, our tap room is is pretty decent sized. We tried to bring kind of an upscale attitude to it, and uh, we really wanted to create an environment that people would want to spend time in, want to spend extended time in, and have a space that was big enough to really hold a lot of people. And then outside, we have almost 5,000 square feet of outdoor space. Uh, we have an upper-level deck and then a lower level with bocce ball, cornhole. Uh, we have a taco cart that's here next to the patio every day. Uh, McDevitt Tacos, they do an amazing job. They're better tasting than you think they are. Um, <laughs> so the I guess now with taps, we've got 13 beers on draft. Uh, we have easy ability to continue expanding that and um, trying to always have the staple beers on, trying to keep at least one nitro beer on, and then other fun stuff, whether it's, um, you know, we're releasing a sour beer on the first Monday of every month, and then trying to have one other barrel beer released somewhere during the month. Uh, our inventory of barrels is constantly expanding, so today... The, the outlet for barrel-aged beers for us is in the tap room. Someday we'll be able to put those in the market in some format, but today it really is about the tap room and occasionally one or two key accounts. I know that you guys uh, can a lot of beers already, and you were talking about expanding to 750-milliliter bottles. For sure. Um, have you started that yet? We haven't. So it's one of the plans for us in the future is to add a bottling line for 750 cork and cage for some of these barrel-aged beers and high-end beers. For us, there's kind of two reasons why we haven't done that yet. Um, the first is we've had s as much emphasis on canning as we have, um, really spending our energy on the Saison, the IPA, and the Black IPA, and really trying to push those, those cans out and, and have a, a direct focus from a sales approach. But then secondly is when we go to buy that piece of equipment, obviously it's an expensive piece of equipment. It takes a lot of infrastructure around it. 
And so we want to make sure that we have the ability to to fill that that void right away and bring a bottling line in and have enough backstock and regular turnover of these fun high-end beers where we're not just we're not just bottling once every 2 months for a release we can be bottling on a somewhat regular basis so that we're we're putting our equipment to use effectively so when that day comes, I don't know. It's not tomorrow. It could be six weeks. It could be three years. But it is. It's a. It's a definite goal for um, all the founders here. Very, very awesome. How does Sanitas cater to families and families with pets? So yeah, we have. I don't think we knew this before opening, but we have a huge family presence here. We have a lot of pets here. I would say right now. I don't know, it's like 63 degrees outside maybe and kind of sunny. And I think when I was just outside, there were five dogs out there. Awesome. Um, we allow dogs on our patio and in our outside spaces. We don't allow them on the uh, inside the tap room. We've definitely kicked animals out of here before, just like we've asked drunk patrons to leave as well. So we have a very similar policy of yelling, screaming, fighting, um, barking, fighting, sniffing, <laughs> scratching, uh all of these you're asked to leave. Um, and then we, we do. We see a lot of families here, uh, especially with the tacos there the, and the food options that we have. There's kid-friendly food, and, and we see a lot of it. And, I, you know, on the weekends, it's great to see people in my demographic and in my age bracket with young kids who have a place where they can come. They kind of let their kids run around a little bit. Our back patio is not by a street or anything. There are train tracks out there, but... There's a lot of space, so kids can kind of move around and, um, I don't know, just kind of have fun for the parents and the kids. So I noticed back in the uh, tap room that you have kind of a conference room area. Exactly. Is that an area that you can call in a reserve? or? For sure. So the conference room is available to be reserved on a nightly basis, um, and we see all types of groups. Tonight, the city of Boulder has a meeting in there. Um, Rally Software is right behind us. They come over on a frequent basis. We have all these small businesses and large businesses that are around us who frequently use that. And I would say two or three nights a week, it's booked. If no one's in there, anyone's free to get in there. Uh, when we book it, we generally close the doors ahead of time. But um, it, it's something that actually our builder was adamant about. And he said, this is a great idea. We've got to do this. And I owe Jason immensely for a lot of things but specifically that and he wanted it for selfish reasons so that he could meet with clients here have a beer have a private space show off some of his work and it really has benefited us as well so <laughs> so tell us about your future vision how you hope to grow we talk about this a lot and we want to grow as fast as reasonable um we you know, I look, there's a lot of breweries throughout the country and throughout the state that have built a phenomenal model of, of high, I mean, real fast growth, slow and steady growth, kind of everywhere in between. And um, for us, we, you know, we're, today we're really focused on Colorado and the front range specifically and start to work up the I-70 corridor, but we're, we want to spend a lot of time focusing on this, this Denver metro, dip down to Colorado Springs in the not-too-distant future, get up to Fort Collins in the next couple of months, but really focus on Colorado and our home 
and get as much beer in as many outlets as we can in the state and then start to take a step back and say, okay, cool, Colorado's our home and let's go share what we have elsewhere. How big we're going to get, I have no idea. How big we're willing to get, I would, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be a much wealthier man, you know? <laughs> So how can I Love Colorado Beer and our listeners help Sanitas to achieve your vision? Ooh, that's a great question. Try our beer. Grab it. See it. Um, ask for it. If you don't like it, let us know. Watch for the owl. Yeah, keep an eye out for that owl. You know, I we're, we're going to do close to 50 festivals this summer. Um, if listeners are beer festival goers and they see more than three beer festivals this year, they'll probably see us. I'll be at at least half of those personally. So come over, say hello, get to know us, find out what we're about. Um, and, you know, and I tell people to do that with everybody's beer, whether it's a, a new beer that you've never heard of or an old beer that, you know, God, when was the last time I grabbed a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? Well, have it again for the first time. You know, it deserves it. I deserve it. You deserve it. Like, so, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted uh, our listeners to know about? I don't know. We're going to be hiring shortly. So if people are interested, uh, they can shoot emails our way. But, um, the, no, I think we've, we've covered it. Very cool. So now we're going to go on to what we call the lightning round questions. Uh-oh. And I'm going to have John here ask you a bunch of questions, and I am going to be the official timer. I just want to ask you, first of all, if you have, if you're aware of what we're doing right now. Not at all. Have you seen any of these questions? No. All right. Just want right. to pretty cool with that. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. You're supposed to answer these questions as quickly as you can. Okay. And the brewer that answers these questions the quickest at the end of the year We'll get a prize from I Love Colorado Beer. Do we know what the prize is? It's going to be an awesome prize. <laughs> it's a, it's it's an awesome prize. Okay. It's what a it, surprise? Yeah, surprise, <laughs> awesome prize. So is this fastest per question or fastest total? Fastest total time. Okay. Fastest total time. Are you ready? I hope so. Okay. Ready? Take your mark. Go. What was the most difficult beer that you've ever brewed, and why? Uh, the second runnings of Oso Grande, because we thought that, which is our first beer that we ever brewed on this new system, and the second batch stuck like hell. <laughs> Do you prefer cans or bottles? Cans. What was your favorite beer in the world? Sierra Nevada Palo. Uh, what's your, what's your favorite brewery in the whole world? Oof, great question. The whole world? Constantly changing. I'm gonna go with the brewery out of California. What's your favorite brewer in the world? Favorite brewer in the world? Uh, Peter Picard. What's more fun, home brewing or commercial brewing? Commercial. What's, uh, what's more fun, blondes or reds? Blondes. <laughs> How frequently does Sanitas have to kick somebody out because they're too drunk? Happened twice ever. Is Budweiser actually the king of beers? Oh, they're not the king, but God, they make a lot of damn beer. <laughs> <laughs> what's worse, a skunk or a skunky beer? Skunky beer. Do you believe in Ryan Heitzkaboot? No. What is your favorite baseball player of the Oakland A's? Ricky Henderson. Oh, mine too. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's my time. Yeah, I know. I will right, we'll take that off at the end. In the movie Strange Brew, how did Doug and Bob, or what did Doug and Bob claim to find in a bottle of beer? I can't remember. 
It's a mouse. Good job. That's right. 122 minus 10 seconds for the interruption. Yeah, sorry about that. 112 yeah. is the final answer. A minute, 12 seconds. Now, That's really good. What's the I'll, average? Well, we're averaging right around right around 125 is probably the average. Um, I do want to ask you, though, if you want to elaborate on any of these questions, because we were going pretty fast, and if you threw out something, um, especially probably the brewer, favorite brewer. Uh, the reason I say Peter Picard, I admire what Peter has done as a foreign brewer coming to coming to the United States and really putting a big impact. Um, I, I am inspired by the fun stuff that they do well. I'm really interested in the yeast that he plays with and, and why and how he, he can continue to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into a micro level. And I, I really respect that. Um, and, you know, I, I know Peter loosely on a personal level, but the, clearly he's not an asshole and he's been an incredible employee. And whatever he is now to New Belgium, because it's almost 20 years that he's been there, and that is, there's so few people in this industry who have stayed like that who aren't the founders. And so um, I, I really respect that. Awesome, Michael. So how can people find Sanitas? Uh, if you're in the Denver Metro, we should be in your liquor store. Um, if we're not, ask for us, because we'll be there shortly. And in uh, Boulder? Boulder, we're everywhere. Um, Boulder, every liquor store, we're here. Um, we're on premise in a number of different accounts. And you can come visit us at our tap room. We're at Foothills in Pearl, um, just to the west of Foothills. Once you've been here, we're relatively easy to find. <laughs> what about your website? SuneasBrewing.com. You guys on Facebook? We're everywhere. The Facebook, Twitter, Twitter all that the stuff. Instagrams, the when they come out with the next one, we'll <laughs> be there too. Awesome. Well, Thanks Michael, thank Michael. you so much. We yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you, guys. A lot of fun. Well, thanks again to Michael Mimzik from Sanitas Brewing. We interviewed Michael at the tap room at Sanitas. It's a wonderful and laid-back space. And thank you, Colorado. And don't forget to check out our beer gear at our website at www.ilovecoloradobeer.com. Also, like us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash ilovecoloradobeer. And follow us on Google+. If you do, we will keep you posted as to where we're headed next. But if you'd like to find out the story behind any specific brewery, just let us know. The email address is john, that's J-O-N, at ilovecoloradobeer.com.